All right, let's do what we always do. I'm glad to be here. How about you? Give us some love. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Hey, if you don't mind, keep those clappers going. Let's welcome everybody who's online right now, too. Way to go. Uh, the truth is there's, you know, tons of people who watch throughout the week, and so we really do consider you part of this church, and we're grateful that you've all showed up today. We're actually in the second week of a series called These Are My People, and, and forgive me, if I haven't met you, my name's Tony, and I'm one of the pastors on staff, and we're, again, we're just... It is a humbling thing to have you guys show up, and so thanks for carving out an hour. It's a really big deal to us, and I hope it's a, it's a faith mover for you. But second week of a series that we're calling These Are My People, and really the hope of this whole series is that we would strengthen one of our core value muscles. The muscle is we do life together, and, uh, and I, we just get really excited about this. We think that if we strengthen this value, that it'll pay off huge for us. And one of the things that we're doing to help us do that is we're actually... Um, doing these things called CSKO events for the rest of the month in the evenings. And so this evening, we're going to be right back here, you know, right out in the lawn area of the high school. And it's just going to be an p- absolute party. We have seven bounce houses. We have over 300 burgers and a free meal, you know, food, chips, all the stuff, and uh, a dunk tank where Buddy the Bulldog, now he knows that he's going to be in there, Ryan, and I'll try and convince Sam to get in there too, and I think we're just going to have an absolute blast hanging out with each other. Actually, we're going to have Ryan out there doing music with the bubbles, and your kids will have a blast just dancing around, and we think, uh, we think it's going to be a great time to just do this thing called We Do Life Together with one another. But maybe you're here and you're going, I haven't been here, uh, you know, for that long. And you're going, core value, you know, we do life together. I'm not really sure what that means. Well, around City Point, we have five values, five things that we like to teach towards. We like to help people take steps in that direction. It's really this idea, if you were to come around here for any length of period of time, these are the things that we would hope increase in your life. You know, if you were to be here for, you know, five years, we haven't even existed for, you know, two yet, but if you were here for a few years, uh, we would hope these things would become evident in your life, that people would notice these types of changes in you. And if you're wondering, what are the five things, I'll just real briefly go through them. The first value that we have is found people, find people. Found people, find people. This is this value in us that says we got to be including others. We have to. Uh, Around here, we talk about this faith line, stepping over the faith line, moving from your hope being in yourself, your hope being in Christ, that, you know, Jesus has found you, he's uh, extended uh, forgiveness and grace to you, and it's this idea now that you have been found, that the only natural response back is to go and find others, to go and include, invite, you know, uh, make sure that they know that they're welcome in a place just like this to hear about Jesus on their level. And I'm telling you what, that is an enormous value around here. We love that. It's why we do church, just so you know, is to help people come and meet Jesus. It's a big deal to us. Another one of our values is save people, serve people. Save people, serve people. Again, it's this same idea that if you've stepped over the faith line, now we would say that, that Jesus has your heart. You are saved. You're going to be in heaven with him someday. But that doesn't mean we go on cruise control. That doesn't mean we just go, well, somebody else can serve. Somebody else can do that. You know, I'm good now. It's this idea that, man, if, if Jesus has your life, again, the only appropriate response is for you to go, how can I serve? How can I give? We all have been given, you know, talents, abilities, gifts from, we believe, God to use to bless other people. And so around City Point, we just go, that's a value that we want to instill in people, this inclusive value and found people, find people, this serving value of, hey, how can I help you? How can I bless you? And we think that moves people 
really towards Jesus in a, in a powerful way. Another one of our values is we do life together. It's what this whole series is about. We do life together. Uh, fourthly is growing people change. Growing people change. It's a value for me that just goes right at this idea that God loves you right where you are. But he loves you far too much to leave you there. I mean, some of us walk in here and you won't feel judged. You're not going to get looked down on. There's not going to be this idea, you got to clean up before you show up. Not a chance. We think that's just crazy. But it's also just as crazy as if you never move. If you just stay stuck where you are and we just go, that's Oh, that doesn't, that's not what God would want for us. It's not this moving forwardness that we have to have. And so we call these next steps. What's your next step? Is it, for those of you who've stepped over the faith line, is it getting baptized? Is it serving? Is it now I'm going to start inviting? Am I going to start giving? And just all these ideas around, I can change. I can keep moving forward. You know, healthy things grow. You just look at the crops. Healthy things grow. And it's kind of that same idea for us in the last value that we really just believe is, uh, is on the heartbeat of God for us to live out is you can't outgive God. It's a value that kind of just reminds us that each of us have been given time, talent, and treasures. Each of us have those three things. And God would say, would you use them? Would you be generous with them? You know, radically generous? Would you Give till it hurts. Just try and outgive me. And God goes, oh, you can't because I've given you everything and I'll bless you with more. It might not be monetary, you know, money, but I'll just keep pouring out blessings in your life of joy and just these intangibles that you can't have if you're not exercising generosity. Well, again, this series is really camping on this middle one. We do life together. And friends, the reason why we're spending four weeks talking about this one value is because if we get stronger in this, if we actually you know, exercise these muscles and get you know, beefed up on this stuff, we think there's not a more attractive value in the church, in our church, that will have outsiders talking, going, man, there's just, man, these people just like being around each other. And other people, yeah, and I showed up, and they actually like me being there too. And, and we just go, man, there's nothing more attractive than a group of people who care for each other who love each other, who respect each other, who, you know, see each other's needs and they meet each other's needs. You know, they lift each other up. And so we are going, we have to spend some time on this value. We do life together. Because if we miss out on this one, we really end up just creating a church that looks to fill up rows, you know, put more butts in the seats. Forgive me for the language on that. But that's just not what we're created to do. We're created to be together for each other, to go and reach more people for Jesus. And we think if we do this part well, it'll help us move forward into the future. Two phrases that drive this home around here that you'll hear me say a lot is, is this one, that it doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done or what's been done to you, you're absolutely welcome here. This is everyone belongs here. Absolutely everyone belongs here. We do life together and it's just you know, it just kind of goes into our passion of just going, it doesn't matter who you are. Maybe you say, yeah, but I'm not even sure I really believe in God. Just, that's okay. It's, it's all good. Yeah, well, you don't know where I've been. You don't know what happened last night. You don't know what happened to me last, you know, you don't know what's been done to me even. And I just go, just, it's okay. Because here at City Point Church, we do life together. 
And that means sometimes it's messy and sometimes it's all pretty and some, well, it's really never all that pretty, but it's, just, it's messy and we invite people in and we just go, no, it's just who we are. We're one big group of people and we're all messed up, jacked up, screwed up, but there's a God who loves us despite it. And we get really excited about that. Another phrase that we share is this idea that you don't have to belong before you believe. We do life together. You don't have to belong before you believe. We just do life Together, friends, we do life together. It's a value of this church. It's a value that I am praying this month grows inside of each and every one of us that just moves us to a spot that we go, I never would have thought I have such a high concern for being in community with other people. Last week, we jump-started the series by saying, hey, the only way you can do life with each other, the only way to really exercise this, these are my people stuff, is if you love each other. And you would suspect that that would be kind of the kickoff of a series like this. You know, love each other, actually do this. But we said, but do this practically. Love each other with time. Are you spending time with the people you love? Is is, is there any margin in your calendar right now that, that, that really shows that there's space for you to, you know, get to know some people, uh, get to know your neighbors? Do you, or are you maxed out all the time running at such high RPMs that you have no time for anybody? Do you have time for people? You love people with time, you love them with touch, and you love them with, by telling them about Jesus. And I just go, we want to be the partner with you in this idea that the best way that we could love our city, the best way we could love our county, our region, is by being a place that tells people about Jesus. Next week, Sam mentioned it, that we're having Brad Stein here, and just personal note on this one, is I don't think there's you know, anything better than a group of people laughing with each other. You know, I love it when I'm watching a game, you know, a sporting event with some of my buddies, my friends, and you just start busting a gut because you see a funny commercial or somebody tells a joke and you just love it and you just, there's something about laughing, enjoying and being in an environment with each other that just lifts this value up. And so we're bringing in a comedian for that. I think it's going to pay off enormously for us. And then we're going to wrap up the series by sharing a message called Bless These People. Bless our people. We got to be a place that sees each other and just goes, I can bless that, I can bless you, and we got stories to share that'll just blow your socks off. I'm just excited about that. But today, I want to share a message that's real personal to me, a message that, you know, it kind of impacts me, and it's impacted me in the past, and, and it's a message that I just really hope is, spurs us on, and really kind of maybe even, you know, kind of hard for some of us to hear. The message is called, Respect My People. Respect them. Respect my people. Uh, Jesus was once uh, talking to a group of people, and a crowd was gathered around him when he shared something that was coined the golden rule. And I was just thinking about this this last week. I was like, when's the last time I've said anything that they were like, man, that is gold. You know, it just doesn't happen. You don't, it, you don't, you're not good enough either. But like Jesus was, you know, he said something that was like, gold, that is like, <laughs> that is as good as gold. The golden rule. And I just don't care if you've grown up in church uh, or not. You've heard of this before, either by a coach, a teacher, you know, uh, a leader in your life, and it's found in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, where Jesus literally says this. He says, do to others whatever you'd like them to do to you. Golden rule. Do to others whatever you'd like them to do to you. I love that. That is just simple. It's profound. Another version of the Bible says it like this. He says, treat other people in the same way you would like to be treated. That's big. Treat other people in the same way that you would like to be 
treated. This is absolutely brilliant. Jesus is basically saying, take a second and think. You know, how do you want to be treated all day, every day, by everyone? How do you want to be treated? Then, treat other people that same way. Man, wouldn't that be good? If each and every one of us, if we actually like took a few minutes, we made a list, you know, a top five of the ways that we want to be treated, and we actually said, you know what I'm going to do in return? I got my list, but instead of demanding other people do that for me, I'm just going to honor them and treat them like that too. I'm just telling you, that would move us forward. Now, here's my assumption, that if I gave you the rest of the morning to come up with your top five list, that each and every one of us would have one word guaranteed that made our top five. Doesn't matter, again, who you are. I just really am convinced that all of us would have this word, and the word is respect. I think each and every one of us would have the word respect in our top five of how we'd want to be treated. And so for the rest of the day, I just want to talk about what it looks like to kind of live this one out. Why does it matter? You know, and the truth is it matters so much because each and every one of us know the value of honoring other people. When you actually respect someone and it shows something about yourself, it shows that you are, you know, you're not too prideful, you don't, you're not too arrogant to lift somebody else up, and it shows something else about you that I think is true about all of us. It shows that there's something inside of each and every one of us that cringes, maybe even stirs your stomach in a bad way when you see respect not given and you see somebody violate this. Friends, for me personally, I can't stand it when I'm out in public and I see, you know, somebody disrespecting another person. It actually... It, it, and I know maybe I'm a little bit sensitive to this, but it actually turns within my stomach when I see somebody, you know, yelling down at somebody else. I, I hate, and I know it's a strong word, but I hate being in groups of people where one person gets isolated out and everybody picks fun of and points down on and, you know, uses them as a cheap laugh. It just stirs within my belly and I just can't, I just cannot stomach it. And I think you're the same way. That if we want to do life together and if we want to build into our people that we would all up this idea of respect in our lives... This is so heavy to me, just, you know, so burdensome in my life, such, you know, I don't know if it's a pet peeve or just a conviction, that when I started City Point Church, it was just me, Ryan, and Sam, that there was an unspoken rule that we taught on, you know, for the first few months, just within this, we were in the basement of some, you know, teen center in town, it's just this dungy little room, but I said, this is something that we're just going to do, each and every one of us, we're going to commit to it, and here's what it was that whenever a family member or a loved one or a friend were to come into our office, that we would each have the, enough respect for that employee, that, you know, that staff member, that we would stop what we're doing, we'd turn around, we'd acknowledge the person who's in the room, and I know maybe it doesn't work for your setting, but ours was just this wide open room, that we'd you know, engage in a quick conversation, it doesn't have to be long, but then, this is what I just said. This is what, will we, what we will be known as. Then we would honor the staff person whose loved one or friend was coming to visit. 
We would, you know, make those people feel as if their loved one, their friend, was the most important person on this team. And it's something that we still do today. More staff members, you know, a little bit different context in our office space now. But if, example on this one, Sam, Pastor Sam, who's up here, if his wife, Naomi, were to come into the office, I would stop what I'm doing immediately. I would get out of my chair, and I would greet her with respect. And again, this is just personal. And then for the rest of the conversation or however long it would be, you know, I would do my best to honor her husband in front of her. Tell her how great of an employee I think Sam is. That I would, on it, you, get the, you get the deal on this one. I, get, I don't know if it works for you, but it's just, you can tell, it's just big inside of me. I can't stand it when I see this stuff violated. And so really what I want to do is I want to share with you one quick verse. And then I want to spend the rest of the morning just giving you, you know, ideas on how you can drive this into your life. Here's what Peter says about this idea of respect, just in case you're like, well, does it really even matter? Well, check out 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 7. He just flat out calls it. He says, respect everyone. Respect everyone. He says, this has got to be something in our life that we just do. These are our people. we got to make sure we do this stuff. Uh, there's a high school friend of mine named Liz who walked around with such respect throughout our halls that I was just blown away by it. She, she just embodied this stuff. But what I found out about her is, you know, this wasn't natural. This is something that she chose into, that she learned. You see, the idea is that we don't come out of the, you know, our, our mother's respectful, and my kids at least don't. You know, they come out just completely disrespectful. Talk to any parent of a two-year-old, and they'll go, yeah, they're not respectful. Most junior high and high school kids struggle with this, and most adults do too. Because it's a choice. We choose into this stuff. We choose into make it right in our lives. And so for the remainder of our morning, I just want to share a couple reminders that would just move this forward. If you want to take notes, you can write this down. The first reminder is that everyone matters to God. Everybody matters to God. Do you know you matter to God? Do you know that, that you desperately matter to God? That your neighbor, your family member, your coworker that drives you bonkers matters to God. Well, why does that matter, Tony? It's because the things that matter to God should matter to us. People matter to God, and respecting people is the right thing to do. In Genesis chapter 1, I won't put it on the screen for you, it talks about God making us in his image. He made us in his image. Uh, in Psalm 139, verse 14, it says this about being made in God's image. It says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God made us. We are his sons and daughters. I mean, he looks at us as if we were his own kids, and he just goes, everybody matters to God. So they have to matter to us as well. Even the people who would say, oh, man, are you sure even Frank? Because Frank is rough around the edges. I can't be frank. Even my two-year-old, oh man, do they really matter? Even them. Everybody matters to God. So much so, Jesus had a conversation with a guy named Zacchaeus. I want to just read this out to you real quick. In Luke chapter 19, it says, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to Zacchaeus, which is just, he's talking to this guy. He calls him by name, and I wonder if Zacchaeus hadn't heard his name a lot. 
because Zacchaeus was a tax collector. And back then, he was known as the scum of the earth. He was known as a guy who cheated people, you know, ripped them off, you know, charged more than he should have. He was a total cheapskate. But Jesus looks up, sees Zacchaeus, and he says, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. And the people gasped. They go, you got to be kidding me. Jesus actually wants to hang out with this guy. He says, all the people who saw this began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. No way is what they're saying. Now, I wonder if Jesus, he knew. But I wonder if at that moment when Zacchaeus heard him saying this, if he just whispered in his ear, you matter. You matter to God. See, Zacchaeus' life changed after Jesus had dinner with this man. His life changed. He matters to God. We all matter to God. And unfortunately, there are some things that we just naturally do, that devalue people. Just real briefly, there's four things. So many times, instead of just remembering that people matter to God, we kind of just go, well, do they have the right appearance? And I wonder if God in heaven is going, you gotta be kidding me. You're basing you know, respect off of somebody by the appearance? Oh, come on. No way. Another one is this idea of affluence. We kind of make, I don't know if they really matter, if they don't make as much money, if they don't have the nice toys, if they don't have the right house. And, and, and I just I have this feeling God in heaven is going, no way. Everybody matters. Everybody matters. You know, achievements. What have they accomplished in their life? And I just think, and the last one is this, this idea of, Approval. How many, are they, are they popular? Do they have all this stuff going on? And I think God wants to just level the playing field in each of our lives and go, if they're breathing, they matter. Everybody matters to God. So who do we respect? Everyone. Everyone gets it. The second thing, just a reminder, is uh, to help build this respect stuff in our life is believe the best. Believe the best. Again, this is a value that we have in our office and, you know, at the City Point Hub. This is just one of the things that we built our staff culture around is believing better, believing the best about each other. Why? And I won't spend too much time on this, but it's because of this idea that, that we're, we're going to bless them with this idea that we respect you. Uh, there's such integrity, you know, in your life or that, that we're just, you know, assuming that you have that we're going to believe better. And so it's this idea, if I show up late to the office on Monday, nobody's going, oh, well, Tony's just sleeping in. Where's, you know, where's he at? You know, uh, it's this idea, we, we believe the best. And so now the natural assumption is, oh, there was something going on instead of, well, they're just skipping out and they're missing stuff. You see the difference there? One's respecting the person going, oh, I believe better about you. The other one is going quick to a, a judgmental assumption. And so we're believing better about each other instead of going, my quick, my quick response is, ah, they failed. They didn't do the right thing. This is huge for us. See, the truth is love believes the best about people. It just does. Love says, you know what, I'm going to believe better. I'm going to believe that you didn't really mean what you just said right there, and I'm just going to forgive quickly. You know, love believes better. Believing better places value in people's lives. When you believe better, 
It actually values them. Believing better helps you understand others too. And I'm just going to choose to believe better about you. It's a choice that we make. Believing better doesn't assume the worst. And I wonder today if each and every one of us, instead of being quick to believing the worst about someone, if we need to be reminded that we can believe better about people's lives. The third thing is to respectfully disagree. Respectfully disagree. It would be crazy for me to think that, you know, oh, we'll just respect everybody and then, you know, there's never gonna be conflict. That's crazy. I mean, I was in the road with you know, my wife for three and a half hours yesterday to, coming back from Lake Geneva, and you're just like, there's like three times in there that was like, oh my word, I have to respectfully disagree again. You know, like, there's conflict happens all the time with every one of us. And in a room this size, it's going to happen. It's going to happen in your situation. But I just ask you this I'd ask you if your volume levels when you're disagreeing are at appropriate. If, if you're letting, you know, your disagreements get to a spot where you're raising your voice to a hurtful level and it's cutting people down, you see, there's this idea of respectfully disagree. It's okay to disagree. But how you do it actually matters. Listen to what Proverbs says about this. In Proverbs 15:1, it says, a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. So would you respectfully disagree? Why does this matter? It's because if we want to increase respect in our lives, then we're going to choose in the moments where it's not always easy, when there's conflict that comes, to respectfully disagree, to have the humbleness to even say that. I kindly disagree. I, respectfully, I, I respect what you're saying, but I just disagree. Lowers tension. It's this idea, I'm going to lower my volume lever. I'm going to lower myself to kind of just make sure that we're going to move forward from this. Okay, the fourth one kind of piggybacks off the same one is this idea of guard your language. Guard your language. Um, I'll just share the verse and then I'll tell you a story. In Proverbs 15, verse 4, it says this, gentle words are a tree of life, whatever in the world that means, and a tongue crushes the spirit. I love it when, like, tree of life. How many of you guys in the room are like, yeah, tree of life? And you're like, what is that? You know, gentle words, they're life-giving. They, they give you life. Deceitful tongues crushes the spirit. Uh, me and Carrie, a couple years ago, were out to dinner at a, at a Mexican restaurant in town that is now closed. And I remember sitting down and uh, it was just the two of us, and we were about to just have a great night and just, you know, do, you know, just a, a dinner date. And I remember getting uh, sat in our booth, and right next to us were, you know, three or four guys uh, who maybe just were a little more, more rough around the edges. Maybe they had just gotten off, you know, their shift, and they were sitting down, and their table was full of, you know, um, alcoholic beverages, which is, again, fine but within a few minutes, me and Carrie could barely hear each other because of the conversation that they were having. It was filled with degrading language, uh, talking bad about, I don't know if it was their girlfriends, you know, exes or whatever, but it was just filthy language. A couple times, Carrie just kind of shrieked at some of the things that they were saying, and she gave me the look. I hate it when she does the look, by the way. She gave me the look. 
Like, we either need to leave or you need to go and talk to these guys. And I look back at, like, uh, we're leaving because they are four. And I'm like, <laughs> like no. And, and she's like, and she looks at me again like, come on. You know, you're my husband. I'm like, fine. You know, and so I, I kind of, well, if they say it again, then I'll just. And again, I mean, within a second, just explicit, loud, disrespectful, degrading. And I'm like, dang it, I'm going to die. You know, so I, I stand up and I go and I, and I turn. I'm like, I have like two, a second and a half before I'm going to be face to face with them or I can go, I just got to go to the bathroom, you know. Like, and I know if I go to the bathroom, Carrie's going to like just leave and just ditch me. So I'm like, I might as well just die. And so I just go, hey, fellas. And I gulp. I go, me and my wife, you know, we're, we're trying to have a conversation over here. And it's hard for us to talk with what you're talking about. And I was wondering if you could just maybe cool the language. The guy hit me. No, I'm just kidding. He didn't hit me. <laughs> Bam! You know, like, then I knocked him out. You know, like, I was so blown away. But I knew this. They said, I am so sorry. And one of the guys said, we're done. Don't, don't sweat it. Sorry about that. I go back, sit down, and they were extremely pleasant. And I was so grateful. I was so grateful that they respected us, that they had enough respect in their own lives that they would say, you know what, we, we don't have to talk like that anymore at the dinner table. And it was just, just blew me away. Listen to what it says in Ephesians chapter uh, 4. It says this, don't use foul or abusive language. I want you to catch this. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. You want to know how we respect people? Is by sharing words that encourage them. Friends, I wonder today if there are four or five words, maybe they're four-letter words or five-letter words, I don't know, that you can write down and go, I never need to say those again. Respectful people don't share those types of words. And out of respect for the people around me, I don't need to have those things be said out of my mouth. You got it? Got to fly. Um, number five is apologize quickly. Apologize quickly. And um, I was going to share a bunch on this, but I just hear me on this. When you can say, I'm sorry, it goes a long way to show that you are respectful. Uh, now, I'm just going to skip on there. I think we get this. Number six is this idea of refuse to judge people. Respectful people refuse to judge. They refuse to play God. Now, let me just unpack this real briefly. They refuse to say, you know what, I know all about Frank, so I'm just going to judge Frank because I know all about him. I just want to say, be quiet. You don't know. You just don't. You don't know what it was like for Frank growing up, and you don't know what it was like for Frank in his first marriage. You might think you know, but you don't know, so do not judge. Respectful people don't judge. Judging looks down on and looks for ways to pick on. Respectful people seek to listen and understand and come alongside of. You see the difference there? Judging puts people out. Listening brings people in. And so I just wanted to ask you, would you be known as a person who just kind of understands? I just don't know. I don't know everything. 
I don't know everything, so who am I to judge? I'm just going to listen. And I'm just going to be somebody who cares and brings people in. Judging puts people out, and the minute you start doing that, it's like you're just, Jesus actually talks about this way better than I can. Before he says the golden rule, by the way, this is the context. He says, don't judge others. And why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a stinking log in your own, is what Jesus says. He's like, come on, judging other people. You got a log, dude. Get, you know, take care of your own, you know. <laughs> How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't even see past the log in your own? Jesus says, judging, that'll just crush us. So we're not going to be ones who point out flaws and critical of, because we're going to be those who seek to understand. That's just who we're going to be known as. The seventh thing is this, be prompt and faithful. And I know some of you are thinking like, well, it's almost time to be done, and you're still on number seven. But be prompt and faithful. I'll go through this really quickly. This is this show up and do what you say you're going to do. Could you just show up, be prompt, and be faithful. Do what you said you're going to do. For those of you who are my age and younger, we have a serious problem with the older generation, my dad, I mean, there's so many of my, the guys who graduated with me, the girls who, who go around jobless, and they, oh, I just haven't found something I like. <laughs> and the times I tell my dad, he goes like, you think I like doing what I like all the time? He said, you must be kidding me. So I just show up, and I do what I'm supposed to do. And I just go, oh, man, it shows you have a level of respect. So I wonder, if some of you in the room, that one's for you. You've kind of gotten a little, you know, wishy water on your word, your commitment. And for you, when you say that you're going to serve from this day forward, you're going to show up. When you say you're going to give, when you say you're going to be there, you're going to you know, be a part of this, then you do it. You're, you're going to be prompt and you're going to be faithful. And it's natural for you guys to say, well, since you're right on this point, why don't we end at an appropriate time today? You don't even have to say it. I know. Before we go, let's put up one through seven. I want to give you a chance to see these and go, which one's for me? Number four, is it for you? Your language matters. Is it this judge stuff? It's really easy to judge, isn't it? It kills our people. We can't judge. Everybody matters? Is that you? You've gotten fuzzy on this one? But everybody matters to God. So they have to matter to us. Friends, last thought, I promise. We're a young church. 
And already we have diversity in this church. I think we could use a little bit more racial diversity, but we have the other stuff. And I know it would break heaven's heart if we ever saw this in our church where the wealthy among us looked down on those who weren't. If those of us in the room who, you know, maybe had nicer things judged ever, it would crush God's heart. We can't do that. We respect other people. It would crush heaven's heart if the homosexuals in our city felt like they couldn't belong at a church because they think they'd be judged and looked down on. We have to be a church that welcomes those in because that's what Jesus did. He placed value on every human being. So I want to ask you to do the same thing. Deal? I want to ask you to stand up. I want to call you to a commitment. It's a little bit different. We don't end like this very often. So if you're new here, you're like, whoa, that's different. But I want to ask you to repeat something after me if you mean it. I'm going to read it first. Give you a second to think if this is you. You know this is heavy on my heart, but I want to call you to something. The commitment is this. I'll ask you to repeat it in just a second. I make a fresh commitment to respect everyone always. If that's you, today God is kind of inside of you going, that has to be me. I have to take this step forward. We'll do it together. You can repeat it right after me. Lots of voice on this one. If that's you, you repeat this. I make a fresh commitment to respect everyone always. Great job. It's a proud moment for me to hear you say it like that. Instead of praying and having some, you know, some prayer that you're not going to remember on the way out anyways, I wonder if, uh, if we could play a song for you as you leave that would maybe drive this home. Deal? Band, 